This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about booking a seven-foot giant, a seven-foot Nigerian di- giant in Omas. Now, a few weeks ago on the Take It Home Podcast, I mentioned that uh, I'm going to change things up uh, from doing like a traditional show review. I was, of course, if you guys remember, I was doing reviews of independent wrestling shows and breaking those down and... And, you know, I just got a little tired of that. I felt like I needed to change things up and um, get my creative juices flowing. So I wanted to change the podcast. And what this podcast is going to be about, as I mentioned before, is going to be about booking talent on either WWE or AEW, who's kind of in that mid-card, maybe not as featured as much, or maybe has been, but maybe hasn't been featured, in my opinion, correctly. And in a lot of cases, that applies to Omas here. But, um, you know, and then I would make the case to Triple H and Vince McMahon and Tony Khan about why this individual should be moved up the card and put in a position to make this company some money. Now, Omas um, has been in the WWE for a, a, a few years now. Seven foot three, giant of a man. I think that's a really impressive look. Um, he's a very intimidating guy. He has good presence. But the problem with him is they rushed him. They rushed him to the main roster. When he wasn't ready, 
And Vince McMahon at the time saw this giant and, you know, Vince loves giants. He's, he's had a history of that, right? Is, and he brought him up, featured him for a bit, but when he couldn't do what Vince wanted him to do, like giants of the past who are who were experienced and knew how to work and knew how to beat giants, Omos is learning on the job, on national television, um, on pay-per-view. And it was start, it was stop, it was, you know, and more importantly, he was exposed on television and people saw, you could see he wasn't ready. And then they started beating him. You know, he would beat the mid-card guys, but always lose to the top guys, but still he was beaten. And you just don't beat giants like that until you really built the big match, you know, the pay-per-view match, the big the big television match you're building to or something. You just don't have him get beat for a guy that's on the on the way up, you know? Like it's just really frustrating to me. People out there listening who know me really well know I'm a fan of the big man in wrestling. Uh, not necessarily all giants, but just a big heavyweight. Some of them super heavyweights. You know, Bam Bam Bigelow, Big Van Vader, uh, King Kong Bundy, Big Boss Band, One Man Gang, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, um, Steve Dr. Death Williams, Scott Norton, just huge, powerful men. Um, I love those those guys. I love, I, admit, I wish there was more. Um, I wish there was more on the indies, you know, uh, on the indies, I see mostly junior heavyweights. It's kind of what, what's out there. And the big, the big guys out there just have no clue. Um, and I know they're getting seasoned, but you can just tell they're just, they're not getting the right training off the bat. Um, and it's just. So when I see a guy like Omas, it's like, man, I can see why WWE signed this guy. Seven foot. Yeah, he's a basketball player, really athletic. Um, you know, ton of potential there. And I just wish they would have had some patience with him and not bring him up to the main roster and expose him. Uh, if I remember correctly, he's never on NXT. I think I remember him appearing on Evolve. That could have been... Uh, Baba Kato. I thought I thought uh Omas might have did an evolve show or was a bodyguard or something like that. Um I know he did some coconut loot matches and whatnot, but he wasn't featured on NXT television because they're they're being smart with him there. Like, don't feature him on USA Network before we you know we call him up to the main roster. But when they did, he just wasn't ready. But this past year you could see the improvement of Omos because he's been on the road working with people, uh, working with different people, getting his reps in. Uh, he seems to have a clue out there. Um, he has presence. He carries himself really well. He's a very charismatic guy. Really is. Um, you know, he he's definitely that 
that build to uh, uh, with him and Brock at Mania, I thought he did a pretty good job. And they got some goofy segments that they were booked in, but I thought you know he did a really good job there. Um, this past Sunday on Backlash, his match with Seth Rollins, I thought he did a really good job looking aggressive and physical with Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins was doing a great job himself, leading the Giant, taking some wild bumps for him, really putting over, you know, the David versus the Goliath storyline. And and before that, WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar, I thought Omos did a great job in that short match. He was physical. Uh, he's intense, you know, he put some by language um, with the strikes he was doing. He was just being not lumbering like he was before. Um, he was wrestling big with his size. You know, a lot of people, you know, crouch over and they wrestle smaller than they are. You know, he's now he's understanding how to be a giant. Um, I try to remember when that crown jewel match with Braun Strowman, I think it was last uh, fall. That was a good match. Um, and But again, beat, beaten, beaten by Brock, beaten by Seth. And I thought it was a great idea when they put MVP with him. And I thought, okay, let's see what they can do. But they put him with MVP and MVP's talking for him. And MVP is a freaking great talker. But he, again, beat, beaten by Braun, beaten by Brock, beaten by Seth. What's next, right? Um, I thought that, you know, we all, like a lot of people thought that Cody Rhodes is going to beat Brock Lesnar. And uh, excuse me, so <laughs> Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, win the titles. He's going to be the new champ. And I thought Omos would have beat beaten Brock Lesnar and you could have had that first match, you know. That could have been a Cody's first challenge, a giant, you know. And I, but... That they didn't do that, and they both lost. <laughs> so Omos, like I said, lost last Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, to um, to Seth Rollins again. Really good match. And what do you do with him now? Who's? I mean, Cody hasn't beat him yet, but I'm pretty sure he could probably beat him on Raw in a couple weeks. That's the way the rate is going. Or no, he's a quote unquote free agent. So he's not going to be featured on one program. He's going to bounce around from SmackDown to Raw. But what does that mean, really? You know, he's just going to bounce back and forth and get beat, beat a couple of the job guys, uh, uh, beat a couple mid-card guys, and then just get beat by the top guys. I'm not saying just cut all ties and drop Omos. I would never do that. No, he still has a lot of potential. But what you got to do, in my opinion, this is what I would pitch to Triple H. This is what I pitched to Vince McMahon. We got to take him off television. Put MVP with someone else. Take Omos off of television. And I would take him off and leave him off until January, end of January of 2024. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. 
NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I would tell Omas, you know, you're going to be at the PC, you're going to train, you're going to do those PC live shows, yeah, you're not going to do the coconut loop, you're going to do private training, um, you're going to do ton of tape study, and I want you to work on your body. You know, he he's a big dude, he's a thick guy, but he's not like a fat giant, you know. Um, he doesn't have that big gut or anything like that. He he looks like an impressive fast athlete because he is. But you need to return with a different look. I'm not saying change everything. Um, definitely do a gear change. But more importantly, I think the body is what he needs to change. Shred up, get get shredded, get bigger. Um, you know, more definition, excuse me, with the muscle. Um, instead of wearing a singlet, you know, he's wearing maybe just the, the long trunks. Um, you know, like, just make him look just like, wow, man, he looks totally different. Make people like, oh, my God. And it, and then they, they, they can't miss you if you never leave, right? So me, my idea is taking off television and making people kind of forget about him. So when he returns, it's like, oh shit! I've, there's Omas, and holy shit! Look, look how shredded, look how big he is. You know, look how massive he looks. More, you know, he looked different to him. He'll look fresh. You know, you, like they say, they put a new coat of paint on him. Uh, give him a new finisher. Uh, you know, the claw, or what was I don't know what he's using now, choke slam or whatever. Just figure something a different move out that he can do that's impressive for him as a giant, right? Like something like nothing that's gonna leave his feet. Like, I don't know why a lot of these big men nowadays they want to do like some kind of driver where they sit out with it and they land on their on their tailbone and drive a guy down. And it's like no, you're the giant. You need to pick him up and throw him down, right? Um, and I would make his return be at the Royal Rumble, not in the Rumble. And that's probably where the people make they'll make a mistake. They'll probably I can see them. Yeah, we'll have him return to the Royal Rumble. He'll come in. He'll dominate. But he's not going to win it, so he'll be tossed out by like you know twenty guys in there, and and he'll be fine because you know it took twenty guys to get him out. No. No, because you're still showing him getting dumped out and losing. Even if he just falls up, dumps out, and lands on his feet, he still failed, and you don't want him to return, return and be a failure, right? So how would he return at the Royal Rumble, you're saying? 
One of my favorite surprise debuts in WWF history, and you're all going to freaking laugh at this, and I understand why you would laugh at this, but the Giant Gonzalez coming out in the Royal Rumble of 1993 and attacking The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> I, th- I believe I talked about this before on the Fight Game podcast with Garrett Gonzalez. Uh, probably, actually, we probably talked about this way early on where we're getting this thing started. So it wasn't on the uh, Blue Wire Network or the, any other shows. But growing up, um, I became a huge WCW fan. But I also loved the WWF. I watched everything that took place inside a wrestling ring. From you know WWF to WCW to USWA to South Atlantic Pro Wrestling to IWCC Wrestling out of New York, Savoldi's promotion to LPWA, um, yeah, you know, Perb Abrams, UWF, whatever was wrestling was happening in a ring and is on my television, I can find it. I was watching it, uh, <laughs> and you know, growing up. At first, it was, you know, they wasn't a pay-per-view every month, thank goodness. But, you know, WWE had four pay-per-views. Uh, the NWA or WCW had four pay-per-views. So, I mean, at the time, there were, what, WCW or w- the NWA was 1999 for a pay-per-view. <laughs> WWF was 24.99, right? So, it was a lot easier to get my dad and my mom to order me a WCW pay-per-view because it was only 1999 compared to WWF. And I knew for WWF pay-per-views, my best friend growing up, Chad Ng, I knew he was at the time recording the WWF ones and I would watch the tape the next day. Um, later on, like in a year he got out of wrestling and I never stopped. <laughs> and, I would give him a, a, a VHS copy to tape WF pay-per-views for me, and I would get it the next day. But in the meantime, though I couldn't watch it live, I still watched WF pay-per-views, but I watched it on Scramble Vision. And a lot of you older listeners will understand what Scramble Vision is, where you know it's scrambled on the pay-per-view, but you can still hear the audio. And you can sometimes get a good glimpse of what's going on in the in in there and in a scramble and and you know I used to love and I still do love listening to baseball on the radio. So to me, it was just listening to wrestling on the radio. Um, and I would sit there at the time. I would you know my sis, my oldest sister had a TV in her room, and I would like and luckily she was a very social person and never really home there in a her high school and college days. So her room was regularly available on Sunday uh, evenings to, so I was able to go in there and watch uh, these, you know, these pay-per-views, uh, the WF ones, listen to them, excuse me, on Scrabble Vision on cable. And I, I'll never forget, you know, cause when you, it's so funny when you listen on Scrabble Vision, you hear the commentary, Gorilla Monsoon, the Roddy Piper, I believe was the, the color commentary in that show. And like, Everything just sounds more exciting, you know, like, oh, my God, I, I got to see this. I got to see. It. I can't wait to get the tape. I can't wait to get tape. And I remember when Giant Gonzalez debuted at the Royal Rumble in 1993. 
a girl monsoon just go oh my god look at this guy and i'm trying to see i'm trying to see through the scramble vision and i see it i see like a glimpse and i was like oh my god was that elegante was that elegante and i hear him attacking undertaker you hear the slamming on the steps and undertaker gets eliminated from uh, uh the rumble and i'm like oh my gosh amazing now lucky for me WF came to San Jose for one of those long superstars TV tapings. And I got to see Giant Gonzalez in ring WWF debut. Um, he wrestled uh, uh, three other men. One was uh, a gentleman that I've booked before, Ed Moondog Moretti, a longtime veteran of the Bay Area wrestling scene and Portland wrestling. Um, I think Ed was because he was a respected veteran and he just did the thing where he just bailed out and the other guys took the fall, I believe. Uh, but anyway, I, I had my dad drag me to that or I dragged my dad to that, excuse me. And, but he, you know, he had a good time though. He kept like, how long is these TV tapes going for? Cause these WWF tape, TV tapes are like freaking three and a half, four hours long. And you know, my dad's like, we're still here, you know, but it was cool. Saw John Gonzalez's debut. And I also saw uh, Lex Luger, the narcissist in ring debut. So that was a huge treat for me. What bummed me out, though, was that that same night, I didn't realize it was a taped show. I thought it was live. But Ric Flair wrestled Mr. Perfect in a Loser Leave Town match. And Mr. Perfect came out for a match in that TV taping. And I knew, oh, Ric Flair lost. And I'm never, and I didn't, at that time, I'd never seen him in person live. So, anyway, so I always enjoyed that debut. Now, the Giant Gonzalez run was really disappointing um i thought it it would have been better if he just didn't have that stupid suit on the you know the hair the, the painted on muscles the spray on muscles it just looks stupid and, and it just didn't work people just saw through that like look at this guy they're trying to make him like you know this prehistoric giant caveman dude and and it just didn't work um, they should just had him be Giant Gonzalez uh, from Argentina and just, you know, like he had the beard, he looked different, you know, he's, he wasn't fat guy. He just wasn't defined. And, but I'd rather just have, you know, Giant Gonzalez's, you know, body shown instead of having a, a full bodysuit sprayed on muscles. That did no good, but his debut was awesome. And tacking the Undertaker was a big deal and a cool moment. So that's what I would do with Omos. You know, take him off TV. At this point forward, just take him off. Don't explain it. Don't have to do an angle, have to get beat by anyone again. Just take him off. MVP could say he's out training or he's doing something, whatever. He'll be back. And when he does back, he's going to make a huge impact. Something like that. Whatever. Right, that could be the only thing you mention, and that's it. MVP MVP goes, he moves on, and starts managing someone else, or 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 whatever. And just like Giant Gonzalez at the Royal Rumble of 1993, Omas returns. No music. Well, they'll probably do music. I probably couldn't get that, you know, stop, but. They'll probably do like a new song, new entrance, and that's fine, I guess, because that's wrestling today. But I would 
you know, have him come out and attack a top baby face and eliminate them from the Rumble, just like Giant Gonzalez did to The Undertaker. <laughs> and I would have Omos, you know, when they, whoever that baby face is, top baby face, hell, Seth Rollins, right? Um, you know, so, you know, and have Omos win that feud, win that first program at Elimination Chamber, or and then beat someone else, or maybe wins the Andre Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania, and you just kind of move him along slowly, kind of re- like redoing it all over again, you know. On television, he beats some mid card guys, and then and then finally, you you know, you build the bigger match on the pay per view. And, but you keep him winning. He doesn't lose, right? He He's dominant. This is a whole new Omos. It's just like, you know, Umaga was in, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, that tag team he was in. <coughs> I forget. Bischoff's tag team, whatever they're called. Three-minute warning. And he came back as this wild savage looking guy kind of like a, a like you know and i remember everyone's like look at this guy with this crazy pink hair and these tattoos on his face that obviously looked are painted on and this is kind of silly this is not what this is like this is something that should have been in 1985 but omaga got over big time he a lot of it was his his talent he's a he was a talented worker of course but Omaga was got over because he kept winning. Yeah, it, it was kind of laughed about when I remember my, my uh, a buddy of mine. His name's Buddy Buddy Corley. I remember uh, him calling me and be like, "What'd you think of that Omaga? He's look that was kind of goofy, you know. But I kind of like it at the same time. Kind of remind me of some old school stuff. Yeah, but it's, it seems kind of weird in this day and age, but. And it was a bit silly because the hair was wild. Every a lot of people remember it was like red or pink, and it was all over the place. But they kind of modified his look as it went, and he got over, and he got over big time. And it was simple, like he just kept winning. Um, I I think everyone was like, "Was a thumb to the throat? That's not a finisher. That's not big enough." Umaga got it over because they just kept having him win with it. And that's all you need to do. Same thing with Omas. <coughs> Have him come beat people with the same move week and week out. You know, just job guys. And any, you know, no name local talent that just comes in and gets beat. He beats fucking four guys at a time. He beats, you know, five guys at a time. And then you start, okay, here's Adolf Ziggler. Here's uh, Mustafa Ali. Who's a. Uh, you know, a Johnny Gargano, a Dexter Loomis, or whoever's in the mid or the mid card Bayface, you know, level, and he just continues to win until you finally get him ready where people want to see it. You know, Omas versus this Bayface champion. I hope it's Cody Rhodes at this time, and I think it would be a big match, and it would be a. Gr- I think it'd be a very good match, um, because I think. Omos has showed great improvement. And I think he's continuing to grow. And I think he's getting it. And I think by then he's really going to get it really well. And he'll be in there with Cody Rose, who's a good worker and understands how, how you know, understands 
his role and how to make Omos, you know, into uh, a threat. And you can even stretch it out for a couple matches. Maybe Omos gets disqualified in the first match. I know a lot of people will be pissed off, but hey, man, every once in a while you need disqualification to build to a rematch. You know, I'm sorry. Come on. You know, you just don't do it all the time. If you don't do it all the time, it'll still be effective, in my opinion. You know, so I just was kept thinking about Omos lately. You know, I was going to do it on maybe Mark Briscoe this week, the first episode, but more I thought about Moss, I was like, man, this guy has something. Clearly he does. Beyond just being seven foot three. He's getting it. The facial expressions, like I said, the body language, uh his confidence in the ring. So that would be my pitch. To take him off television, have him work on his look, work on his body. New gear, new music, new all that, and have him return as a surprise, not in the Rumble, but surprise your turn to attack someone at the Rumble, eliminate him, start a program with a, 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 a you know pretty high level babyface, win that, continue to win on television, and eventually building up to a major pay per view for the title versus the babyface champion, who I was hope is going to be Cody Rhodes. So that's Take It On Podcast this week. Um, I hope you like the new format. It's not going to be, you know, the hour-long shows. It's not going to be even 45-minute shows. I kind of want to keep them around, you know, 30 minutes. Uh, just, you know, some I might get a little more detail with. Uh, maybe I'll have a whole program laid out from, you know, week one to, you know, week 12, you know. But right now, I just wanted to get get working through this and start it out and kind of, you know, give the feel of this podcast what's going to be going forward. And I hope you like it. I can't wait to hear the feedback on it. Hit me up at LaRockaJL on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you think of Omos. Do you, are you, do you like him? Do you, do you see what I see? Or are you just like, got John, he's like, he's lost cause, dude. Like, just work on someone. <laughs> Focus on someone else. That's what WWE needs to do. Uh, or do you think he could be uh, rehabilitated and, and built up again? And and if you think so, what's your idea? I'd love to hear your ideas. Um, it's, it's cool to brainstorm people about uh, booking and hearing their thoughts. So love to hear it. So everyone, thanks for listening to the Take Home Podcast this week. Hope you had a great weekend. And I'll see you next week for another episode. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.